When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the CHO Bull Show, HQ edition on this Friday, Saturday morning for you, Mark. Welcome in. Good morning. How are you de- doing today? I'm good, William. I'm good. How are you, birthday boy? How are you feeling? I'm good. 31 I'm now. Ready. I'm feeling 31. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> Happy New wow, Year. Shana Tava to, to all who celebrate. Joseph in the background is staying late with us. Uh, so we, we appreciate you, Joey. Um, we'll, we'll try to keep this show. Thank you for the bow. <laughs> We're going to try to keep this show tight, but, uh, some, some interesting stuff to talk about because I want to actually wanted to hit on this last week, but we were going so long as we normally do, uh, and didn't have time to get to it, but there was a ranking that came out and I, I've seen a lot of other podcasters talk about it at this point, but thought we'd get our two cents in about the team asset rankings. So Hoops Hype came out with a list ranking all teams' asset bases. And surprising, not surprising, the Bulls were ranked dead last. Um, so that that was interesting. And then also a couple weeks old, Yahoo Sports came out with a front office rankings. They kind of used a sabermetrics type approach where they like ranked players and trades based on you know, like, was it a single, a double, a home run, a walk? And so they kind of assigned every team uh, a batting uh, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, and OPS. And the Bulls were ranked 23rd of 25 GMs ranked on that list. So a couple of them had not made enough moves to really qualify. So of the 25 that were ranked, Bulls uh, front office, and specifically AK, was ranked 23rd. So a lot of hate on the uh, Arturis Karnaschovas regime of late mark you and i have certainly been uh banging that drum not necessarily hating but just questioning direction and maybe disagreeing with some of the moves uh but like okay dead last in asset ranking 23rd out of 25 in front office ranking i i wonder has this gone uh has it gone too far so just before we get into it like one quick hitter yes or no give me one sentence on has it gone too far no. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. It's fine. I agree. I don't necessarily agree with the... Uh, well, it's hard for me to agree on the, the front office one, which we'll come back to and speak to a little bit later on because that's all baseball speak and I think baseball sucks. <clears throat> and I have no idea what the, the terminology they're referencing there in that article is. So like for me to comprehend it was a bit odd and I didn't know what I was necessarily reading. I also didn't necessarily agree with the uh, overall ranking in, in the way certain people were ranked, but in terms of AK being towards the bottom, I think that's completely fine and reasonable. But um, let, let's focus on the hoops type one first, which is more the team assets one, which is that one I found more easily digestible for a non-baseball consumer like myself. So let's start there. And for the Bulls to be ranking last in that particular piece, I think 
made sense. I, I don't I don't have too many criticisms criticisms with that. And look, even if I did, do I think the Bulls should be higher than thirtieth? Okay, maybe. But do I think they're jumping up to like fifteenth instead or seventeenth or something more reasonable? No, I would still have them in the bottom five. So uh, I can't quibble too much with this one. So. Uh... Just this uh, this little paragraph that I had here, I mean, is ranking 30 different teams. So they didn't go into like huge detail with all of them. But the hoops hype statement, I guess, paragraph for the Bulls was the Bulls are now at the bottom of the rankings with no veterans with premium trade value or blue chip prospects. They lost a ton of value in the Nikola Vucevic trade where they gave up Wendell Carter and the picks that became Franz Wagner and Anthony Black. That's actually not true. It was uh, Franz Wagner and... Jet Howard, Anthony Black was the Magic's pick. Uh, Zach Levine's value might not be strong due to his maximum contract. DeMar DeRozan has been fantastic for them, but his uh, but his return in a deal might be limited given his age. And Lonzo Ball has lost a lot of time with a knee injury. They may have to take a step back and rebuild if they don't reach their 2021-22 form. Um, so yeah, I mean, aside from like the Anthony Black, Jet Howard thing, like it would look significantly worse if the bulls gave up the six pick compared to 11 but i think a lot of that is results based right and so what i'm more curious about is the process and and certainly like this is a zero-sum game and it's results based at the end of the day you win or you lose you win the championship or you don't uh you have assets or you don't you win a game or you don't but i don't know i mean i think for me it's interesting to do this exercise, not just in a vacuum, because I think the way that we think about it a lot is the Bulls have limited assets. They are in trouble. They need to do what they can to acquire more assets, even if that means taking a step back. But if you look mm-hmm. at it in relation to some of these other teams, that's where I think it actually becomes really interesting. I think that's true for analyzing young players, too. Like We get very bogged down in, did Kobe White score 15 tonight? Did Patrick Williams actually have more than four rebounds tonight? When in reality, it's like you look at some of these other teams or you watch some of these other games around the league and their young players are like going off and it just looks like, you know, a different kind of prospect. But so the teams that were ranked just ahead of the Bulls, Lakers, Pistons, Mavericks, Clippers, Wizards in order. I mean, I think what you're kind of saying is, and and I tend to agree, yeah, maybe they're not like the 20, you know, maybe they're not 30th, maybe they're closer to 25th, but like they're in that bottom tier. And I think that's really the key there. Yeah, look, I don't necessarily think like the Lakers have a better young core or better, you know, future draft picks or assets from that perspective, but they do have LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis, and, and Austin Reeves, if you want to include him. So even though they've gone, you know, gone in on the older sort of, uh, their older players sort of built around their older guys, giving up future assets, their older guys are better than the Bulls' older guys. The same is true for the Clippers, obviously. Like they don't have a ton of draft picks uh, coming. You know, or they've, they've still got some owing, I believe. They don't necessarily have a lot coming in. But what, what they do have is a better team than the Bulls and Kawhi and Paul George, despite their injuries, despite all that nonsense, when they're on the court, they're a better duo than, than Zach and DeMar. They have more championship equity today than the Bulls do. Correct. So, yeah, I agree. Like in maybe a year or two, the Clippers might be 30th on this thing. Perhaps even after this season, they'll be 30th. But right now, it's still... Say the the Clippers' asset base is higher than 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 Chicago's. The Mavericks, I mean, yes, it's basically the same thing. They they don't, they don't have their, their future draft concession point, uh, perspective is not great. They don't have a lot of uh, young young talent on the roster. They haven't built around Luca in a in a great way, but they still have Luca and Kyrie. So 
from that perspective, I completely get it. The Pistons, you can argue, yeah, that their top line stuff isn't as good as the Bulls. But if you weight younger players more so, if you weight the younger guys as more hyped assets, then I think that makes sense too as well. So I, like, like I said, I'm, I don't have too many issues with this list. The Bulls went for a win-now approach. They did it for guys who you probably typically wouldn't wouldn't do so, like Yavuch and Demar. And the fact that Lonzo, with his knee injury, essentially rules him out as being an asset. I think this list maybe looks a little, little bit different if Lonzo never gets hurt and he's playing and is still that near all-star level Lonzo ball. Perhaps if Pat and Kobe had made a bigger leap than what they've done so now, again, that maybe changes things. And potentially those, if those guys make that leap this upcoming season, then maybe this changes that list again. But right now, as to where things stand, I, if I'm being objective about this, and I feel like I am. And despite that, I'm sure I'm going to be labeled a pessimist for saying this as much. I, I do think the Bulls are towards the bottom of this thing. Like like I said, whether you're 30th, 27th, 28th, 25th, I don't really care. Ultimately, what we're saying here is the Bulls' asset base isn't very good. You know, We inherently know that as fans, but comparing it to the rest of the league, I think as well, it, it, it rings true pretty quickly. Okay, so but then let's talk about some of the specifics. So mm-hmm. you, like they, they bring up the Vooch trade, yep. like... Yes, that sucks. They gave up some good players and yeah. Wendell and some high-level draft picks. But like, if we're talking about an asset base, you can't talk about mm-hmm. that anymore because that's there's no future assets outgoing from that deal. So like, if you're looking at it today, which is what they're doing, right? They're not saying, well, Patrick Williams could become good in the future. They're looking at it today. And mm-hmm. so you have to kind of put the Vooch thing aside and you have Vooch on your roster. He's... An asset, we don't know whether it's a positive one or a negative one, but he's certainly uh, a positive contributor. Whether or not that makes him a positive tra- trade asset is a separate story. Yeah. You have DeMar DeRozan, who's an expiring contract. Um, and I think there's a lot of interesting um, just storylines around expiring deals in general, like with this new CBA, with the measurements that it has against overspending our expiring assets actually assets are they is it better to have somebody who's like locked up longer term certainly like the amount of money per you know however metrics you whatever metric you use like the dollar per production value matters there um but they have damar and maybe that could be seen as positive value um you've got caruso who was not mentioned in this and, and i think he is probably like the easiest player you could assign positive value to like if they trade Caruso you'd get a pick for him I think Zach is the tricky one and Zach's interesting because like obviously there been there's been a ton of rumors about him uh and the Bulls asking for a lot which they should that's absolutely how they should approach it but if nobody's willing to actually make a trade like that does he qualify as value um I think you know that 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 as we get into the season here and see how things go, but also not just for the bulls, but also for like the rest of the league in terms of how, like everybody's basically too scared right now to make a giant trade like Rudy Gobert. I don't think anybody's going to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's obviously the return that all teams are looking for when they're going to trade their star. So I think that just like kind of puts an embargo on those types of deals. Um, So in that sense, yeah, maybe Zach's value just isn't there enough to really trade him, but you still got some young players in Kobe white, and Patrick Williams, who I think have upside, and you factor that in, even though they're not necessarily good yet. But like when you look at the asset base, yes, you're not a team like the Pistons, who's just like overloaded with 
young players that could become good. Um, no, you're not a team that like the Oklahoma City Thunder or, you know, one of these other teams that has just like accumulated all of the draft picks they could possibly accumulate. But it doesn't to me scream like really bad. The question is like, what happens if they approach this the way that they have been approaching it? And I think that's really my, the qualm that I have is like, you could get something for Caruso. You probably could have gotten something for Zach or Damar, but now you kind of miss that window. And so I think that does sort of diminish the value of the asset base that are certainly the players in the asset base. Yeah, I think the guys you listed certainly have positive value. So this isn't to suggest like the Bulls, you know, individual pieces are like there's no value from an individual perspective because that certainly isn't true because Zach could get you a return of something decent. Caruso certainly can. I think if you put Kobe and, and Patrick Williams on the trademark and as an example, like teams would want to go after those guys. I dare say a lot of teams will go after Patrick Williams in free agency should he head to free agency in the upcoming offseason. So there's guys that have positive value and represent positive value but it's obviously a comparison to the to the rest of the league now so so that that, that that's the first point i guess but i i guess from my perspective what's interesting is um you know where this potentially could be if certain things just move slightly as an example like how does this list list look differently if instead of outgoing a 2025 uh, first round pick to the San Antonio Spurs, you've still got that pick in your, you know, in your arsenal. Does this change the rankings somewhat? Maybe if that Blazers pick wasn't so conditional and that was more of a thing that maybe you could bank on, maybe that changes that list too. Maybe if you had some second round picks coming, coming your way at some Never. point in the near future, rather than in 2047, like again, maybe that changes the calculus. Further to that, like if Dale and Terry seemingly at this point is a bust, um, he obviously has a ton of time to change that, but the Bulls have gotten zero value out of their first round pick from last season. Uh, we'll see what Julian Phillips does, but he's not obviously someone that you can really bank on or report home about at this stage. And like I mentioned before, like Pat and Kobe are good young players, but in terms of these other teams that have good young players or good young asset base, that they're not comparable. So uh, I think there's, there's there's scope where this list could have been a little bit differently had the moves played out a little bit differently or had certain things not happened the way they did. Had Pat not been Pat and you, he you know turned him in a, into a different player or he developed a lot faster than what he has, this looks differently. Uh, this looks this list looks different. Had you not taken daylight like. I doubt the Bulls are ranked 30 right now if you've got Walker Kessler on your team rather than Dalen Terry as an example. Yeah. So I don't think but that's this exactly, is to... yeah, that's ahead. exactly the point is like yeah. the things have to actually work out for this list to change. And so yeah. um, as Sean pointed out, as one of the first comments on the show, uh, Bleacher Report also did a ranking today, a future power rankings ranking. Uh, so for in three years, how will teams look? And the Bulls were 29th. And I think yeah. that speaks to the quality of their young assets like we just don't know that you can assign a lot of value to some of these guys one because we haven't really seen what they can do in their own environment not to say that they've you know that they should just like be granted that because the bulls are trying to win games but it also you know if they continue on this path and this is where i think my questions really start to arise is like the bulls have shown no interest or willingness to take a step back whatsoever they've mm-hmm stayed the same when they could have traded off assets to get value. They've added in free agency this past year when they could have traded off assets to try to get some value. They waited and did not trade Vooch 
through this whole past season when, you know, you possibly could have gotten something or even, you know, just dumped him for nothing so that you didn't have to re-sign him. Not saying they should have done that or shouldn't have, but like that was an option to start to go another direction. Mm-hmm. And so now you're running into the same situation with Damar. And I think that will really color this as well, where, you know, if you run into the same situation that you're in with Vooch, where you go through the whole season, you're just teetering on the edge of the play-in, you're good enough to convince yourself that maybe you can get a play-in spot, but not actually good enough to, you know, win a first round, then you're going to do the same thing that you did with Vooch last summer and sign Damar for a two or three year extension. Um, or does it look something more like the Raptors where they thought they were going to do that. And then Fred Van Vliet got signed to a massive deal by the Rockets. And now they're left in limbo where they got nothing for one of their best players. They still have kind of a win now roster. They try to bring in a replacement in Dennis Schroeder, but you've still got Siakam. You've still got OG. You just traded a first round pick for Jakob Pertle. Like do the bulls end up in that kind of situation or is there anything they can learn from that kind of situation or do they not even care? And are they just, taking it day by day and trying to figure out the future as it goes at the expense of, or trying to, you know, monitor the present and like work on the present, trying to do everything they can for each day in front of them at the expense of their future. So I think the Damar situation will actually have a huge impact on this as well. Like if they sign him to a three-year extension worth a hundred and whatever million, this could yeah. look even worse. And obviously like they're not going to be further down in the rankings because they're already at the bottom, but like things could get a lot worse. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, the fact that they owe the Spurs a draft pick in 2025, I'm assuming they're trying to remain good in 2025 because all the all the information in hand at current is suggests that the Bulls have no interest in taking a step back, as you noted. So it sounds like they want to continue doing things whether this this core is exactly the same or, or whatnot it doesn't it doesn't sound like a rebuild is anywhere near um at least by their their choosing at least so from that standpoint this list might look differently in the fact that the bulls may be contributing to the san antonio spurs roster and bolstering that as well so if the spurs land a really good player with that bulls pick as well like that'll just make that demand trade look somewhat bad as well so yeah i, I totally get it I've, like i said i've got no i've got no qualms with this i don't think any bulls fan should as well like this is just the reality of the situation they've gone all in uh, i i applauded them for going all in because it was a ballsy risky move and when someone takes that high risk move i kind of yeah i applaud it and in some way i'm envious of it because i'm a conservative when it comes to risk um i don't have that level of risk appetite but when you take risk obviously particularly high risk there's uh, a, a real chance that it doesn't work out. And we'll see what happens this season. Maybe this season can somewhat justify all the moves that they've made. Maybe they pull something out and have a Cinderella run, get to the second round, maybe an Eastern Conference Finals, depending on how how the East shakes out and those sorts of things. And maybe at that point, this that sort of outcome would justify you know the, these two to three years. But based on where things sit right now, I've got no issue at all with the balls being ranked if not bottom five, then then thirtieth in the the NBA from an assets perspective, because I think that's true. It's bleak. It's bleak, unfortunately. But the it can last change. Thing it's I'll variable. S- yeah, the last thing I'll say on this before we move on is like looking back at some of these original moves. I remember doing shows with you on HQ where it was like part of the reason why we like this is because one, they're trying to be good. I appreciate the fact that they're like bringing in good players that you use your method of free agency and operating above the cap to bring in guys that are respected 
guys that will help you to try to jumpstart this thing. But in doing so, obviously you give up a lot of draft picks, but I think both of our thought at the time was like, yeah, but you can get off these guys and recoup a lot of that draft capital, plus also have a couple of good seasons on the way. And I think the fact that because of one circumstance or another, the fact that they haven't had the good seasons because of health, the fact that they haven't moved off of some of these good players that they could have recouped some of their assets with because of a desire to remain competitive, even despite poor health. I think that's where like the result comes in, right? Like they could have gone a couple of different directions with this. They could have tried to recoup or save face in a lot of ways, but that would require having to admit defeat, having to reset Mm -hmm. and go backwards again, which they weren't willing to do. So to me, that's, that's where you can start to criticize the decision-making. And I think, I liked all those moves, honestly, when they made them. I thought, you know, they were risky, but like it worked. It really did work for a short period of time, but it's what happens after that and the ability to maneuver out of that where I think the Bulls, where the criticism becomes a little bit more justified. And we'll talk about that, that criticism and, you know, how that leads to a potential ranking of where the Bulls front office should lie relative to the other front offices after we take some Ad breaks here, Mark. Can you tell our friends about Sunnyside? Yes, William. Sunnyside, the home of judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors, no matter who you are, are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high, high quality products. Sunnyside has everything you possibly need to elevate your season, whether it's, you know, just the seasonal seasons, if that makes sense. We're heading into summer here in Australia. Well, we're in spring, I suppose. We're not in summer yet, but... You know what will elevate that? Sunny side. For you, football fans, particularly Bears fans, after that week one calamity, if you need to feel better about yourself, feel better about life, then get your hands on some of these beautiful Sunny Side products. So no matter where you are on your cannabis journey, you can easily order all the, anything you want online or you can go in store, pick it up, uh, You know, speak to the people in the store. They'll certainly be able to help you out if you are new on your cannabis journey. Uh, journey. But if you are that seasoned vet, then jump online, do your thing and get get uh, get by the queues and all that sort of stuff. So through October 15, William, if people listening to this show, if listeners of CHGO Balls and CHGO Sports more generally, jump onto sunnyside.shop and use promo code CHGO25 at checkout, you will receive 25% off your total order. You can only use it once per customer. It's not necessarily stackable with other promotions, but guess what? Whether you're a new customer, whether you're a returning customer, it doesn't matter. You can use that code. So you can pick up whatever you want. Use promo code CHDO for 25% off and elevate your football season, just your general seasonal season. That's that's a word that I'm now coining or a term I'm now coining. William, but you must be 21 or over or an Illinois med card holder. But that's the only caveats. Other than that, CHGO 25 for 25% off. Sunnyside.shop. We also want to tell you guys about Fubo TV. Fubo TV has 140 live channels and more actually than 140 live channels. But they've got sports, they've got shows, they've got movies, and they've got news. You can stream live TV from any device you have, and you can watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. Start watching immediately with a free trial, but there's no contract, no cables, no hassles. You just sign up and you start watching. I've also got a thousand hours of cloud DVR with no extra charge included. So if you want to watch your favorite teams while you're traveling or record your favorite show, you can do that and come back to it. They've got college football. 
They've got the Bears NFL, NFL Network, Red Zone. I was watching that this weekend with my friend Josh on Fubo TV. Uh, they've got the UEFA Euro qualifiers, Ryder Cup, and college football. So watch all your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo TV. You can go to Fubo.com, or I'm sorry, www.fubotv.com slash CHGO, Fubotv.com slash CHGO to sign up for 15% off your first month with Fubo Pro. All right, so we talked a little bit about it at the very end there of just, you know, we talk about the results. We talk about where things currently stand. Um, but let's talk about like how, what that reflects on AK and Mark Eversley here in the front office. So Yahoo Sports, this is from like last couple of days in August. So a couple of weeks old at this point, but they put together a ranking system. Like I mentioned at the top, that kind of ranks moves both in the draft and free agency and in trades mm -hmm. uh, based on whether they think they were a walk, a lateral move, a single a noteworthy contributor, a double, a front end rotation player, a triple, a top flight performer, or a home run, a bona fide all-star. And of course they also had strikeouts, which is diminishing returns. Um, Joe, if you can throw this graphic up just to kind of show what some of these moves are, um, how they ranked them. And this is totally subjective. Okay. So that was the first mm -hmm. thing that I realized when I was looking at this, but their draft picks collective on base percentage of 500 slugged 750 and an OPS of 1250. They called Iota the second round pick a double. They called Patrick Williams a single. They called Marco Simonovic and Dale and Terry strikeouts in trades. They had Nikola Vucevic, Lowry Markinen, which was a sign in trade. Obviously, that brought in the first round pick from Portland, lottery protected that the Bulls have not seen yet, and Derek Jones, and then Daniel Tice, which was part of the Daniel Gafford trade. They marked all those down as strikeouts. And then, as, uh, as far as free agents, uh, OBP 750, slugging <clears throat> 1000, OPS 1750. They called Caruso a double, Garrett Temple a single. Andre Drummond, a single, and Lonzo, a strikeout. So just off rip here, Gear Temple was a Garpack signing, if I recall. There's no mention of the DeMar DeRozan sign and trade, um, which, you know, depends on when you look at it. Like right now, it looks very good, but maybe in a year or two's time, that will not look very good. And then, of course, it also does not mention the Zach Levine, Max, or any signings from this past summer. So a couple of things just off rip that I think are pretty clearly wrong. Um, which obviously would affect like the, the outcome here, but all of this wrapped into the 23rd of 25 front offices, uh, front office executives ranked bulls, AK only ahead of Nico Harrison in Dallas and Mitch Kupchak in Charlotte. Uh, of course, Calvin Booth, Joe Cronin, Landry Fields, Michael Winger, and Mike Dunleavy have not had enough moves to qualify for this list. So um, I don't know. Where do you want to start just with like the overall result or some of these moves? Like, should we go through some of these and like rank them how we would rank them? Or, I mean, just off the top, what, what do you make of this? Yeah. So again, like the, the terminology, like I don't, I, I don't get baseball, baseball stinks. So like, I, I don't get that aspect of it. Um, but in terms of how they've graded their moves, let's say the only one that K, I assume you strike out. Whatever, I don't know why K is a strikeout, but I won't, I won't believe at that point. But like the only one that I push back on is Lonzo Ball because to me that's not a strikeout or a bad signing. It's an unfortunate situation because of his injury, but there was no 
feasible, feasible or reasonable person that could, could have foreseen Lonzo Ball missing two and a half years? Could you have foreseen Lonzo missing games, not completing a full season? Yes, obviously, because he's been injury prone his entire career. But him missing 20, 30, 30 games each season for each of his five seasons that he had played uh, in his career up until that point is not the same thing as expecting Lonzo to have an injury that virtually no player in the in the history of the league has had. So I, I that's my my one quibble with this list in terms of everything else. Yeah, cool, whatever. But to your point, they have omitted certain things for certain reasons. I don't know why, particularly the Demar one, which again, I even though I think there's potential for that trade to look worse than what it does now, and you can argue, or you can certainly argue now. The fact that they had to pay Demar so much, had to give up a first in that trade to uh, to land Demar. Like the process of that was bad, but still the result has been Demar has been fantastic for the Bulls and yeah. will likely continue to be fantastic for the Bulls. So again, to me, like what it is, it's kind of like whatever. What in terms of like the granular stuff in terms of each specific move, but holistically, AK ranking towards the bottom of this list doesn't necessarily bother me too much i was actually probably more offended where they've got other executives in this list to be honest with you so um like troy weaver for example i think he's like seventh or eighth in this list which is bizarre to me because i think uh you know sam Presti the idea is to start five centers then yeah he'd be up there yeah so i i guess from that point of view there's not a lot of credibility to this list from that standpoint now again very subjective it's using a certain type of metric thingy that i don't understand i mean it's just it's totally made up and that's where like i mean to me every almost every single one of these is like totally wrong calling io a double like a front-end rotation player i mean i guess you could argue that but like he's been fine i wouldn't call him like a lock to be a starter on every nba team let alone like half of them like he's a he's a fine rotation player uh patrick williams being a single Look, I get that people are frustrated that he's not a superstar, but like he is a high quality starter. He provides like imp- I think he is. Yeah, like he and he certainly has potential to be. Like he he provides stuff that every single team would want. And maybe he doesn't start on every NBA team right now, but like if you're telling me that 29 other teams wouldn't come calling if Patrick Williams was on the table, I would not believe you. Um I think he's at least a double in this kind of thing. Simonovic and Dalen Terry as strikeouts, that's fine. Uh, Vooch, I think, man, that one's tough because it's like the value for value was really bad, obviously. Like, but you know, those players might not end up being like Franz, you could argue, is already better than Vooch. Um, but like, yeah, you can't, you can't really know like who the Bulls would have taken or what the situation would have been had they not made that move. Like, the value in that deal was obviously bad. Um, but at the same time, like, you have to look at if you're, if you're gonna like, if you're going to criticize the process and the result separately, like you have to look at the Lowry Markkinen's thing and say like the result was really bad, but at the time getting a first back for a guy that like wanted out anyway, looks really good. Um, the Daniel Tice thing, like that helped the bulls for about 20 minutes. I don't even really remember that trade. Um, so it's funny that it's on there, but the free agent thing, I mean, Caruso was all first team, all NBA. That's like an all NBA or I'm sorry, all defense. That's like an all NBA caliber contribution on a guy from the mid-level exception i truly believe that is one of the best contracts per dollar value per dollar contracts in the entire nba um garrett temple wasn't even like part of the ak regime drummond has been a fine backup i agree with you that lonzo ball like the process there was a lot better than the result and so it's hard to really call him a total strikeout for me 
Um, I'm not sure how I'd grade the DeMar thing or the Zach Max. Like these are just things that you kind of have to do or live with the result. Um, a lot of these moves I think have been good in a vacuum. And to me, it's more about like, how has it worked out? And I think in some ways it's worked out. Most ways it hasn't. Um, certainly like the Lonzo thing throws a wrench in that. But um, I think like, I guess the question I have is like, do you give AK credit? Do you, do you grade AK separately for results and, and process? And how does that grade change when you look at some of these moves? I think so. I think depending on what perspective or, or, or lens you want to apply on it. Uh, yeah. Uh, process hasn't been great. Results okay not great but okay so yeah it depends on 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 what view you want to take um i will definitely you know organically lean always process or generally process more so than than results um so that's how i would look at it but you know again it's it's a subjective list but the the issue that i have with this this particular thing that we're referring to um, which I didn't even see published when it was launched, to be honest with you. So I completely missed it. So I have no idea how you saw it or <laughs> had the thought to bring it up again almost a month later. But like they've listed Lowry Markinen as a miss or a K or whatever that means, <laughs> a strikeout, I guess, for the Bulls in terms of trades. But then they've got Lowry Markinen noted as a, a good a good move for the Cleveland Cal- uh, Cavaliers for Kobe Altman. Um, they've also noted down that the trade of Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland was a home run for Cleveland, but they traded out Larry Markinen in that deal or who became, you know, what he did in Utah. So why did the Bulls get dinged in a certain way for Larry as a strikeout, but then the Cavs, it's considered a 2B move, whatever 2B means, but also Donovan Mitchell is then a home run move as well. Like that, that inconsistency in logic, like I said, that stuff bothers me more than the actual where where AK is rated. Uh, Troy Weaver being seventh, uh, Kobe Altman being eighth, a few others being in places that they shouldn't be. Like I'm more annoyed about where other GMs or executives have landed based on the logic that they've applied in these certain moves than where the Bulls rank. Because if we if we link the two things that we've been talking about, the, the asset base and where AK is ranked, those two things are connected. Uh, AK should be ranked towards the bottom as an executive because of where the Bulls sit right now from an asset-based point of view. That makes sense to me. Hoops Hype, I think, had the Pistons in uh, in the bottom five from an asset base. This particular Yahoo document that we're referring has Troy Weaver, like I said, ranked seventh. That doesn't align. That's an inconsistency to me, so that doesn't make sense. So uh, for me, like I'm more annoyed or offended for some of these other some of these other teams than I am the Bulls because I do think AK deserves to be ranked towards the bottom because he swung big. Uh, look at me using a baseball reference there. Swinging big. He went for the home run play, but he um, you know, he walked or struck out or did some other baseball terminology thing that indicates that he didn't do very, you know, it didn't land the way that he ideally would have liked. So I think that's all fair and reasonable. And again, I don't understand why any Bulls fans would challenge that or have any issues with that. I don't I don't think we should. I know it's not nice seeing our team ranked towards the bottom of these fictitious lists that are highly subjective, but at the same time, like it's I don't think there's any problem with it. It is what it Mark, is. Sounds like you need no to drink, sweeping my hot friend. takes from me. No sweeping I know hot it's, takes. I know it's Saturday morning for you, but it sounds like you need a drink. Can you tell uh, <laughs> tell the people about our friends at Goose Island? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not much of a drinker, but I have been um, yearning for a beer, to be honest with you. And uh, unfortunately for me, I can't get my hands on some Goose Island beer down here. But uh, you know who can? It's the people of Chicago, the people of the US. You have literally the best beer sitting in your city. Chicago's beer since 1988. Goose Island beer is right there. You've got two tap rooms which you can get, which you can go to celebrate with your mates. Whether you want to go down to Fulton Street in West Town, or um, you want to get to the Clybourne Avenue Brew House in Lincoln Park, doesn't matter. You can go down there with your mates. Get your hands on you know a three one two wheel, a full pocket pills. October first is coming up. This is the season to be drinking your beers, and what better place to do it? So whether you go to an event, whether you want to get down and watch the Bears lose. Uh, by you know 20 points in their football games or whether you want to be complaining about where AK ranks on asset-based ranking lists with um, your mates, whatever it might be. If you want to do that with good people, with good beer, good food, all that sort of stuff in a good atmosphere, then uh, support our friends at Goose Island because that is just a beautiful beer, beautiful beer and I'd love to have one in my hands right now, William. And I would love to have a fresh new Bears jersey to support them even though they are pretty depressing right now and if i wanted to get that i could get it at foco.com they have the best sports gear around we're talking hoodies shoes signs bobbleheads and everything in between it's baseball season still the cubs hopefully can make the playoffs here white Sox, eh, not so much but they've got aloha shirts they've got straw hats polos bags everything you need for a game it's getting a little bit more like fall weather they've got sweatshirts for your bears needs and coats for your CHGO tailgates, sec decorations they also hooked us up with. So we really appreciate them for that. Make sure you guys go check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. Um, I want to talk more about like, you know, I, I guess for me, it's like I kind of find myself defending AK and some of this stuff. Like I think the results... Yeah, I think the results should push them towards the bottom of the league. Um, I don't know, you know, if you if you made me like held a gun to my head and said like pick a number, but like they have been bad and the things that they swung on did not work out. And so I obviously like that's the results aspect of it. Do you give them any credit for like the fact that it did work for a short period of time when Lonzo was healthy? Like, does that matter at all when you're factoring in? you know, some of these rankings or is it just like, well, it ended up not working out. So here's, here's the reality of it. No, I don't look, I don't, I personally, I don't give them a ton of credit one because it's a small sample. There's no way to, to assume, or we shouldn't assume that what happened over a 35, 40 game sample would, would have continued that season or potentially even continued into now or last season and, and into the upcoming season. Like I said before, even though I wasn't expecting Lonzo to miss two and a half years, he was still an injury prone type player, so, so to, crazy. So to to expect that Lonzo, like if we're if we're sitting here now saying that Lonzo was the glue that made all this thing work, he was the the, the piece that made this whole team go. Like even if he doesn't miss his two and a half years, you can't necessarily bank on Lonzo to play more than sixty five games per season. So even if that's the case, which I think is fair position, like the team would still be without Lonzo for a, for a decent chunk of time. Uh, so I don't know if it carries on the way it does, but irrespective of that, like coming back to the the whole process versus results piece, okay, maybe they would have been better than what they ultimately were in year one uh, had Lonzo played sixty five rather than thirty five. I think that's 
they would have been. I think it's a fair position. But I think you could still argue that the process was wrong because of what they needed to do to acquire someone like Vooch, what they needed to do to acquire someone like DeMar DeRozan. Like they overpaid from that point of view, particularly for the DeMar piece because, you know, Vooch, you, you had to trade for him. There was no way to necessarily acquire him without trading for him. Obviously, they traded too much for him. But for, for, for DeMar, the fact that he was a free agent, the fact that there was no other team out there that had the ability to really go as far as what the Bulls did from a cost point of view, both in terms of the contract they gave DeMar, but also ultimately because of that, what they had to pay the Spurs to get DeMar, they lost that trade from that perspective. So the process side of things, I think you can still make arguments that it hasn't worked out the way it should have. And even coming back to this offseason, from a process standpoint, the offseason they had now should have been the one that should have had last season, which is why I've been reluctant to give them any credit for this offseason. Uh, that should have been 12 months ago. So I'm not going to sit here and you know, uh, applaud AK for doing the bare minimum this offseason compared to where I thought he should have been doing it last season. So I still think even if the results would have been 10 15% better, William, I think you could still argue with the process. Yeah, I think they definitely... You know, they had a vision for what they wanted to do and they executed on it, whether it was the right vision to have or not. Like, I think that's why we agreed at the time that these moves were like, you know, at least positive. Um, I think, you know, you could also ask the question of like, what should they have done instead? And at the time, you know, they take over, they start to overhaul the roster. They've got, you know, Lowry and Wendell and Kobe and they've just drafted Patrick. Like at that time, I kind of, felt like it would have been a good time to maximize or to capitalize on Zach Levine. You know, he's got a year and a half left on his deal. He's playing at an all-star level. He just made his first all-star team. Like if you really wanted to grow organically, you could have gotten a lot at that time when teams were trading a lot more for that kind of a player, especially one who was on a great contract. I mean, you kind of liken that to the DeJounte Murray deal where he's an all-star player with a year and a half left on his deal making $18 million. That's effectively the exact same thing as DeJounte Murray, who the Spurs got three picks for. So I think there was an argument then to do that sort of thing. Obviously that's a huge risk in itself and it doesn't necessarily turn into anything. We don't know what Lowry turns into. We don't know what Wendell turns into. We don't know who they end up drafting with their own picks or the other team's picks, um, or even if there was a trade out there, but that was certainly another path that they could have gone. And I think a lot of times it's just like this appetite to try to win, even if it doesn't work out is like more palatable than going the other direction. And so that I think leads me to this like future rankings idea. So the bleacher report thing I just mentioned 29th in future power assets, like how do they get out of this? I mean, is there any way out of this? That's not just like wait until Lonzo's off the books, wait until, you know, Damar or Vooch are off the books or try to trade them for anything they can get? Or is this just going to be like the same? Because I think to me, that's really where the criticism lies. It's like, I just don't see a way out of this that's not go down. And you can either go down by your own volition, or you can wait until it goes down for you. And I think they're heading towards the point of no return where this thing's going to crash and burn because it's not working and your assets are continuing to bleed value your assets are comp- continuing to just, you know, you may end up losing them for nothing. Um, and then the rebuild is going to be even harder because you haven't accumulated anything in return. Yeah, maybe you're not out any more future picks, but you could have acquired more future picks to help jumpstart the next thing. So I'm not like 
in a position to really like say th- these are the deals that the bulls could have gotten value for because we just don't know but to me and you know it's easier to say from my perspective it's it made some more sense from an outsider perspective that like restarting rebuilding is the easier way to approach these things so i wonder like what they see in this group what they've seen on the trade market what they've seen in you know other talks with teams about their assets that's convinced them to keep going on the way that they're going. I think part of, and they'll never say this, but I think part of the reason, and, and connecting all the dots here, part of the reason why they've kept doing this thing is because Damar and Vooch don't have a lot of value in the market from a trade perspective. So, okay, maybe I bet you they you have your... close to zero. And that's not to say that they're yeah. bad players. It's just that teams don't want to give up assets to get them if they could get them for cheaper or on the free agent market without having to give anything up. Exactly. And for that reason, Vooch and DeMar, from a value asset standpoint, mean more to the Bulls than they do for other teams. And because of that, the Bulls are in a situation, as we've been saying so often, that they kind of had to pay Vooch. They're in a situation now where if the ethos is we have to continue to be competitive in win games, then you have to pay DeMar because you have no better solution. You're capped out already. So from that standpoint, the moves they've made have boxed them into a certain point where they have to keep coming back to the well and keep doing the thing. So Vooch, DeMar, they hold more value to the Bulls than they do other teams. And it's it's a vicious cycle. It, it, they just keep eating themselves in that from that perspective. But in terms of how do they get out of this thing, I don't think there is a feasible way to get out of it. Um, you've routinely said this on this podcast that at some point they're just going to have to take the L and... and uh, you know, just have to embrace what comes their way. I know Casey Johnson said something similar, I think, earlier this week on the Bulls Talk podcast as well. Like at some point, the end of this run is coming. And when it does, it's going to hit hard because of what we discussed today. The, the asset base is really, really poor. They don't have that blue chip piece to sort of fall back on. When this thing does break up, um, you still have Zach Levine. But at that point, Zach will be you know, maybe 30, 31, 32 years of age, just depending on when they decide to really end this end this core. But the way this changes, other than having to go to a, a rebuild and starting over, the, the only way this really changes or materially changes if is if Patrick Williams and Kobe White become something that I don't foresee them becoming. That's the only way this thing changes. If, if Pat could have an arc similar... I hate the Kawhi comparison. I hate the Jimmy Butler comparison. I would never compare uh, Patrick Williams to those players because it's a disservice to both Patrick and those players. But like that's kind of what you're banking on at this point is to have is for Pat to have that outlier arc where he goes from being good, reasonable role player to a superstar almost instantaneously. Like that's kind of what you need to happen. The Bulls had that. They had that luck with the Derrick Rose thing. He became what he did from the number one pick and he became, I think, more than anyone would have ever foreseen. They had that luck again with Jimmy Butler, him becoming way, way more than what he should have been as the 30th pick. Now, Pat's the fourth pick. Him getting to star level wouldn't necessarily be outlier from that point of view based on where he was drafted on draft night in 2020. But knowing what we know now and how his career's arced to this point, him becoming that star level guy would be an outlier thing. But they need that to happen. And they don't need it to happen just with Pat, but they kind of need that from Kobe as well. So if those dudes can become legitimate pieces, the legitimate young guys you can bank on, then everything we've discussed here today in terms of 
AK's ranking, the team's ranking from an asset perspective, all of those things change. But like that's kind of what you're banking on right now. You need Pat Kobe to become real guys. It would be great if Io and Dale and Terry and Julian Phillips, etc., become legit rotation pieces. Because again, that changes the dynamic of this whole thing. So you're really banking on some outlier things to happen, which again is very high risk, but you, you kind of need to do that based on the, board, the position that they've, pulled, that they've put themselves in. So again, coming back to your point around process versus results, exactly. the fact that we're having to bank on these sorts of things is really, really bad process, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say too. It's just like you're, you're banking on results um, like outvaluing the process. You're banking on results turning a semi-questionable or questionable process, you know, and, and just, you know, it's like the, the common adage, like, you know, all the problems go away when you start winning. And that's kind of what the Bulls need. Um, but just looking at some of these other teams, I mean, I think it's interesting because like the Wizards are an interesting example because obviously they couldn't get anything for Beal and they have all their future picks. But like, I think that's probably a similar situation of what the bulls are going to end up being where they didn't really capitalize on their stars when they had a chance they end up not getting a lot for them you take a swing on a guy like jordan Poole, and you've still got kuzma and you end up with like one good lottery pick in bill al but like th- that's just going to be a long rebuild because they didn't get anything to help along the way and i i fear that that's where this rebuild or you know whatever the current situation you want to call it is that's where that's heading because there's kind of been a sentiment going around that like Zach's value is going to look like a bargain once some of these other teams start overpaying or paying what the market dictates their stars are worth and 300 million for Jalen Brown is going to make Zach's 215 look like nothing. I mean, I think that's partially true, but it's still a ton of money that the Bulls are going to have to move. So I don't want to necessarily bank on the Bulls moving Zach and getting a lot for him when they haven't been able to do so to this point and certainly they've been trying so um mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's interesting i think a lot of this can change with how things go but that's what we'll just have to see i mean i think this season could look a little bit better with javon carter and tory craig i think that helps the process certainly hopefully will help the results as well but we will be here to talk about all of that and more just one more quick thing from us before we head out of here is to consider becoming a diehard member at chgo you can go to all slash diehard to find out more, but we have premium content like Adam Hogue's Bears Things, which is a newsletter that comes out uh, multiple times a week. We get discounts to our events. We're talking tailgates, um, members-only Discord lounge, uh, free gear with your purchase. You can pick out a T-shirt from the CHGO merch locker. So go to allchgo.com slash diehard to find out more um, if you like what we do here and want to help support us. So Thank you to all those who listened. Thank you to Joey for staying late. Thank you, Mark, for waking up early. Um, And unless you have anything else to add, we will get out of here. You can follow me on Twitter at Will underscore Gottlieb. You can follow Mark at MK Hoops. Follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore Bulls. And we will see you next week. Bye.